Welcome to another edition of Canton Bound, the NFL half of our Campus to Canton podcast here. As always, I'm Colin. And this is Matt. And I have a guest today. I am not doing this so show solo this time. You guys don't have to listen to me drone on and on for an hour all by myself. Uh, Matt has graciously agreed to hop in here. Uh, I appreciate it, Matt. Thank you for thank you for coming on and, and giving me a somebody to talk to so i'm not just talking to myself for an hour absolutely i was just trying to save you from yourself you sounded kind of lonely on the last one as you were going through which they were great shows do not get me wrong i loved how you used the athleticism tool and when i mean if people listen to you on the the combine preview one they actually probably would have won themselves some money with the way you could have bet on some of that stuff so yeah it was great shows you you sounded a little lonely and i was like you know what like (laughs) if if you want someone to jump on with you i'm happy to just jump on and, and argue and talk so you have someone to talk to I appreciate it. I really, I really do. It's, uh, it's lonely out here without Austin. I mean, he doesn't listen to Canton Bound, so I can say that on this show. I don't have to worry about it. You know, last time we said that, and then we like shit on him for the first five minutes of the show, and he actually did listen mm. to it because uh, he got he texts both of us, and it's rare that he texts anybody to yeah. begin with. And I was like, oh god, he actually listened Uh-oh. to the show. So that's true. Well, he hasn't made a comment about uh, Kane roasting him at the end of last episode of Can- Campus Life, so he might be a little behind. Line. Great line, by the way. That was a great <laughs> line about him. If he was, was it two <laughs> inches shorter? That yeah. was. Uh, it had me laughing pretty hard. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Kane. Uh, Kane had me going at a couple different points in there, but that at the end, that was a good one. Um. All right. Well, like I said, Matt is joining me here today. We're gonna go over some of these NFL news here. We finally have some actual NFL news to go over, and not just some franchise tag type stuff. So we got a lot in the early part of the show here. Then we're gonna hit a 2023 rookie mock. It's gonna be based on the 2023 NFL mock draft. That we did at campus to Canton here, which was me and Matt and Dwight and uh, Barnabas. Barnabas, yeah, yeah. Uh, we did a two-round mock draft. Uh, this was pre-Carolina Chicago trade, so uh, that hasn't been taken into effect here. But the landing spots, I still think, work. Um, so we'll do our rookie mock draft based on that with the landing spots. Um, but before we get into that, here it is C two C month. Uh, this month has been dedicated to just introducing people to the format and going over some strategies and just getting people familiar with what C2C is. So if you haven't joined a C2C league or a CFF league before, if you've never tried it, join one. Uh, we have a find a league in the discord. They just filled a beginner league and I'm sure we will have other ones in there throughout the off season. Uh, but if you're not comfortable with that, join a mock draft. We're running mock drafts all the time. PJ on Twitter at Master PJ is our mock draft guru. He's always running some. Reach out to him. Reach out to us. Get in a mock draft. Just try it out. Just test it out. We promise you'll love it. Um, check out the Campus to Canton, uh, the Campus Life pod, pod. We've been doing the strategy series on there. There have been strategy episodes on the episode of Debbie Debate and on Chasing the Natty. All of that content this month has been geared around strategy and introducing you to the format. So welcome to C2C month. Check out everything we got going on over there. We have a couple articles dropping as well uh, on the site. 
Yeah, just try one C2C league, and I promise you it will make you a better dynasty player as well. Yes. If, if that's your aim and your goal, you will know about these players years ahead of time, which then just prepares you even more for your rookie drafts. You don't have to join 10 of them. Just right. join one, and I promise it'll make you a better dynasty player. And you'll probably end up coming around to our side and then joining 10 of them, but just start yeah. with one and see where it goes. <laughs> exactly. It's always It always starts that way. You start with one, and then the next thing you know – Next off season, you're in ten, and yeah, the and then after that, yeah, and then you're trying to and figure it, out what you're doing with your life. Yeah, yeah. we've, we've it all spirals. Yeah. Yeah. It spirals. It spirals quickly. Uh, this podcast is part of the Fantasy Points Media Group, along with a ton of other great pods. You can follow all of them on Twitter at Fantasy Points Live, or check out the Friday drops that recap the week in the Fantasy Points Media Group. And if you're looking for additional NFL or CFF content, Fantasy Points is a great resource. You can head over there to their website, check them out. All right, into the news. We got we got a lot of news in this episode. Uh, we'll start with the DJ Moore trade to Chicago. Now we'll cover the draft angle of this a little bit later in the show when we go over the the rookie mock. We can talk about it at that point. But just strictly DJ Moore to Chicago, Matt. Stock up, stock down, no change. What are your thoughts here? It has to be stock up, and I'm really confused by all the people saying stock down. It's not like Justin Fields is a Malik Willis-level passer, people. I get he has struggled since being in the NFL, but he has made improvements, and you're going to come out here and tell me. You're going to get in these Twitter streets and tell me that Justin Fields is not better than Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, Taylor Haneke, Kyle Allen, Will Greer, Teddy Bridgewater or PJ Walker, who are all the quarterbacks who have thrown a pass to DJ Moore in his NFL career. You have got to Yikes. be kidding me with that. That is <laughs> horrible. Look, I get it. Justin Fields is perceived to be more of this rushing quarterback. I, I think he's perceived the way Lamar Jackson was early in his career. All he can do is run. He's not that good a passer, but if you really look at what he's done, he's taken small incremental improvements every single year, including last year. I think he improved over the season. It wasn't just a one-year thing. He was actually improving the entire season. I think he's going to be even better in year three. He's the best quarterback that that DJ Moore um, has played with, and I do think he fits into the one in that offense. I think it helps the whole offense out in general. You get a guy like DJ Allen who can be the one in that offense as Claypool, and Donnell Mooney and Cole Komet to really kind of fit back into the pieces, in my opinion, where they belong, because none of those guys are alphas. And I do think DJ Moore can be that. Yeah, I think DJ Moore is definitely the closest thing to an alpha that they have there. My only hesitation with calling him an alpha is he's never really scored touchdowns. And now some of that could be related to uh, the quarterbacks he's had. Some of it can be related to the way he was used in Carolina. But I, I still don't think he's going to score at a significantly increased rate in Chicago. I just don't think that is where he shines. He's not a guy who just shines in the red zone. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, I, I still think that I think this is a neutral move for him, uh, mostly because both of these teams finished in the bottom five last year in pass attempts. So He's not going to see an uptick in scoring just because that's not who he is. So I think that stays status quo. And I think both of these teams are uh, going to be a little bit more run heavy. Uh, and Chicago will probably still be a little bit more run heavy as well. So I think from a volume perspective, it's pretty even there as well. Um, Chicago actually threw at a lower rate than Carolina did last year. 
Um, they again, they were both bottom five, so it's not like anything big. But I do think DJ Moore will be more efficient with Justin Fields throwing him the ball because defenses have to pay attention and have to respect Justin Fields' legs. And I think that's going to free up, uh, you know, more the the middle of the field a little bit more. So, and that's kind of where DJ Moore operates. So I think it's mostly neutral for him. But if anything, uh, he'll get more a little more efficient overall. Yeah, I was trying to pull up how many. Do you have any by any chance how many targets DJ Moore had last year with Carolina? I did not have that pulled up here. If I had to take a guess, it's probably around a hundred. If, if I had to take a wow. guess, because it it was probably funneled to him. But did I filibuster long enough for you to get that up there? You did a hundred and eighteen. Holy Ooh, crap! Okay, I was not expecting that because I was I went in to look and see exactly what um what Chicago's were last year. So the leader in targets last year, this is bad, is Cole Komet with 69. Nice. Yeah, so, yeah. Good job, yeah. <laughs> so I, I'll be very curious to see if, if he is fed the targets there. The next was Darnell Mooney with 61. He also missed, uh, what was it, five games. Yeah. So, I mean, he probably would have gotten more than Cole Komet, but he ain't, he ain't reaching 118. So I, I don't necessarily disagree with your point on more. I, I, for me, it's just hard to buy too much into touchdowns. I'm not a stats guy, but I'm always told that that's fluky. So, like, I, I maybe you are right. Maybe neutral is probably the better call. I just, I think I it's not believe, a stock down. I want to believe it's <laughs> definitely not a stock down, which I saw a yeah. lot of people talking about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think touchdowns are fluky for the most part, uh, but DJ Moore, I think, has a big enough sample size at this point where we kind of know that just. Yeah, he could have a big year scoring because like Julio went Julio Jones went through a stretch where he struggled to score at times. Uh, and then, you know, obviously that is something he corrected a little bit later, you know, another year after that. But I don't think DJ Moore is that type of receiver. It's, that's just not where he shines. But I think he will do really well with feet. I think he'll be the primary target for fields because of where he operates too. I mean, Justin Fields loved throwing to Garrett Wilson, you know, and I think that he's going to serve a, if you, it's not an apples to apples comparison, but if you, he's going to serve in a similar role as to what Garrett Wilson did at Ohio state. Yeah. I mean, just to, to, to further emphasize your point here, if <laughs> this is bad, um, if you want to know how many passing touchdowns wide receivers got in the Chicago bears offense just last year was a whopping 10. Now, Cole Komet had seven. The okay. wide receivers combined only had 10. And the most was to Tarnell Mooney with, I believe it was two. And then there was just a bunch <laughs> oh, of yikes, bunch of guys with uh, one. So, yeah, not not necessarily great on that side of things. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Byron Pringle also had two. There was two. Oh, tied OK. Yeah, Kansas, former Kansas City chief yeah. and Kansas State. You got things popping. Nice. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and in terms of the rest of the pass catchers there for Chicago, I think this is more just status quo. I don't think any of those guys were number one options. If you thought Chase Claypool was, I, you know, you're probably still living in 2001. I'm um, sorry. Not even Chase Claypool <laughs> thinks he's a number Well, that's not right. He thinks he's a top three wide receiver. So take that back. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah so, I, I think overall, we like this mostly for DJ Moore. Um, moving on, though, Zeke was cut by the Cowboys. Not necessarily a surprising move, given his cap hit uh, and the fact that they tagged Tony Pollard. 
but does this mean Zeke is toast? Are you interested in Zeke at all in fantasy anymore? Interested is a interesting way to put that. Um, <laughs> yes, depending on what he cost you. I still think that he's going to, he's going to get a job. Now, I mean, I think the, you know, you asked, is he toast? I don't think he's toast. I think he's eating too much. You know, <laughs> the feed, the Zeke thing has gotten a little bit to his head. He's gained a lot of weight. I don't know if you guys have seen him lately. Uh, I, I still think he's got a shot, though. That His vision, and I still think the short area burst is there. He doesn't have the long speed. He's not going to be that guy. He had a decent amount of catches early on in his career. He's not that anymore. But I do think he can be a guy in a committee and probably be like it, like, is he that much worse than Dante Foreman, who was like a decent mm. RB2 That's in true. fantasy in the past two years? Like, if he lands on an offense that uses him that way, I think he'll be fine. But is he a guy like I'm going out there and like trying to acquire with like a second round pick? No, I'm probably not doing that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not actively looking to acquire him. Um, I will say if I have him, I'll hold him as well. Cause like you said, it kind of depends on where he ends up. Um, you know, I, I think that. Tampa Bay is a place that might make sense for him. And then if he ends up there, I could see a path to him being an RB two. Then there's probably a couple other places as, as well where he could end up and, you know, you don't necessarily hate it. I mean, Atlanta has been signing a ton of uh, free agents here. They have Tyler Algier at running back who was, you know, not anything that they invested a lot in Cordell Patterson's just kind of a guy. So, you know, Atlanta could use a running back. There's a couple other places, too. So maybe he ends up somewhere where he's not totally toast. But, yeah, I uh, I don't think this is like a buy window for him at any point. You know where, you know where I'd like to see him go? Where's that? The Chargers. Oh, okay. Offense that's good, that needs that grinder type. Austin Eckler probably gone. Team that's probably going to make. I feel like he's going to go to a playoff contender. I think he wants to get back in the playoffs and try and win a Super Bowl. Now, I mean, obviously, in the division with Kansas City, he's not great. Kansas City's another one I think would be interesting if he went yeah. there because he's so much different than Pacheco. But I think that's where he's he's going to go to like a really good team offense. It's going to be. I thought about Cincinnati with them possibly letting go of Mixon. I don't know if that makes sense. So I think he's going to a good team though, which is why I'd still be. I'm with you. Like if you have him, hold him because he's probably going to bring you some value. Yeah, agreed. Uh, but with Tony Pollard, he's the only guy there left. They they thought highly enough of him to tag him. How high does this move Pollard up for you, if at all? So he's in, he's definitely in my top twenty four. I don't know that I'm pushing up to him up to top twelve because I personally don't think that Pollard is a guy who's going to carry this backfield the way they they relied on Zeke in the past. I think he's still going to be like a, a in a two down committee here with, I think Malik Davis might actually be a guy who gets some of those Zeke touches. He he's on the roster only 24 years old. He's like five. I know he's over 200 pounds. I want to say he's like five, 10, two Oh five or something like that. He's not a bad running back. And he, he had some interesting moments with the Cowboys. I also think they're a candidate to draft somebody at some point. So I'm still in on Tony Pollard assuming he comes back and looks healthy. That's the other thing. He had that really bad ankle injury too at the end of the year. 
running back at his type with that explosiveness and everything. I want to see him be able to bounce back from that, but with the receiving and everything he has, like I'm still in on top, probably 15 back. I think feels fair to say, uh, I okay. don't know that he gets the top 12 because I think Malik Davis will, will play in some there and they'll probably draft somebody as well. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. I could see them drafting somebody this year. I think this is a deep running back class this year. So they wouldn't even need to spend up and take a guy in the second or third round. And you can get a guy that, we've probably feel pretty good about. I mean, I, I feel like a Dwayne McBride would be a really nice compliment to Tony Pollard. Like I, Dwayne McBride's not a guy that's really ever caught passes in his career. Uh, I'm not going to say he can't do it, but you know, it's not something that it's not a skill set of his. So, you know, I, I think he could compliment Pollard well. Um, and he's not a guy that I think you're going to have the Cowboys would take overly high. I mean, I think he's probably gonna be like a fourth round, uh, type of a running back. So I, I could see somebody along those lines, um, you know, or even just somebody who's like a little bit bigger too, uh, to, to give some work around the goal line. Uh, I do think this bumps Tony Pollard up though. For me, I have him, I have him at my RB 18 right now. Uh, he's right there with Alvin Kamara and, uh, and just behind ahead of Aaron Jones. So I think the thing with Kamara we kind of have to see how that legal situation plays out. And yeah. if they draft a running back, um, uh, that would be a little bit of a red flag for Kamara. So he would drop a spot or two. Um, but yeah, I think right around like, you know, somewhere between 15 and 20 is a good spot for Pollard. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, moving into the next news though, staying with the running back position, Miles Sanders signs with Carolina. Uh, Miles Sanders had a resurgent year this past year. Does this move to Carolina move the needle for you at all with Miles Sanders? Nope. <laughs> I hate this spot for him. I'm going to tell you why. Who's their head coach? If you don't know, it's Frank Reich. Yeah, Reich. Who had at one point in time in his backfield, allegedly, because he rarely used him, was Jonathan Taylor, who I would say is probably a much better running back than Miles Sanders. I think that's And sick. I say allegedly because Frank Reich just absolutely loved to play Naheem Hines over arguably the best running back in all of football. Why do we think Miles Sanders is going to come into Carolina and be the guy when Frank Reich has shown us that he loves to use these two down sets? These guys are going to come in and be stuck in situations. And Sanders is not anywhere, in my opinion, as talented as Jonathan Taylor. Now, the room doesn't look great. I think mm -hmm. there's rumors that Dante Foreman's on his way out. So I don't know if he's even going to be there anymore. They've got Raheem Blackshear, Spencer Brown, and Chuba Hubbard. So you look at that room and you're like, oh, well, they've got nobody there. So Miles Sanders should be the guy. I just don't believe it. I'm fine missing on Miles Sanders at this point because I just don't trust Frank Wright. And I also don't trust that offense. I don't know yeah. who that quarterback's going to be at the moment. You know, we were hoping maybe C.J. Stroud. We'll see. What is it? Rumors that he likes Stroud, but the owner likes Anthony Richardson and the offensive <laughs> coordinator likes Bryce Young and the fans want Will Levis. Like, it's all over the place right now <laughs> with Carolina. I don't know who it's going to be. And I don't honestly trust any of those guys to check down either. Like C.J. Stroud, who's probably the best passer of that whole group. He wasn't even a guy who checked down a whole ton at Ohio state, which I think would give miles Sanders some love. But I mean, you knew him from Penn state. I don't know that he was that great of a receiver anyway. So like, I, I just, I don't see where the value comes from and being in Carolina outside. They have a good offensive line. Like that's it. Yeah. They have that good O line. And, and I think Sanders is a solid receiving back. I mean, he's the type of guy that 
he, he you can use him on receiving down so catch the ball well he's not somebody that you're gonna split out wide and use as like a weapon he's not like a christian mccaffrey a deandre swift uh he's not even really like an austin eckler i, th- I think he'll be fine catching passes and i know that part of what frank reich loved about naheem hines was his pass catching ability I don't think that's Miles Sanders, but I also don't think there's a better pass catching back on that roster right now, which I think will help him out. Um, Sanders, I have is my RB 22. So that feels fair. Yeah, just inside the he's right there with uh, Damian Pierce and Antonio Gibson for me. So, you know, I think this is at least until we see who else they sign or who else they bring in. This is kind of like a lateral move for me. Uh, I don't think it's a stock up. I don't think it's really a stock down either. I'll say neutral, but I feel like it's a stock down personally. But <laughs> I think the the big my biggest problem with it is the offense as a whole. I don't think that offense is going to be very good um, next year, no matter who they bring in at quarterback. Like if they draft Stroud, if they draft Young, if they draft Anthony Richardson, whoever it is, I think is it's going to take a little bit of time to get them going. I mean, we even saw Trevor Lawrence, who is, you know, a phenomenal QB prospect, one of the best QB prospects we've seen in the last, you know, how many years it took him a year, you know, his rookie year was, was rough. So that's very par for the course for these rookie quarterbacks. I think that's what we're going to see next year. So even in the best case scenario for miles Sanders, it's not going to be a great offense. They're probably not going to score a ton. So his upside is going to be limited. Yeah, and I mean, like, you look at it, as you just mentioned, I think a lot of his upside, you're probably baking in the receiving upside, and there's so many good receiving backs in this class. Like, if they just yeah. draft someone in the third or fourth round, that's going to nuke some of his value. So, but I do think 22 is there. You know who You know who they probably end up taking? They'd probably take Deuce Vaughn. And then there's your Naheem Hines. <laughs> that actually makes perfect sense. <laughs> And then you're going to be frustrated when that. it's second and yep. second and 15 and Miles Sanders should be the one out there and it's Deuce Vaughn and he catches a three yard pass and then gets tackled yep. immediately. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's how I see that playing out. Uh, also in news, we have the Giants cutting Kenny Galladay and trading for Darren Waller. They trade a top 100 pick. I don't remember exactly where it was. It was in the third round somewhere. Um, so trade a top 100 pick here for Darren Waller. Two parts is Galladay toast. And does this change anything for Waller for you where he's, you know, kind of hovers around tight end five for most people. Yeah. So for Galladay, I do think he's toast. And I hate saying that because I really liked Galladay. He was uh, someone I was a big fan of. I love that he got that contract and got out of Detroit. And I really thought this was going to be a great landing spot for him. You know what? I don't want to say it was because he got the money. Whatever happened, it clearly just did not work out. He He's moving on. I do like this spot for Waller. Uh, you know, we we know that was is it Cody Bellinger? I was trying to remember what this dude's name was. The tight end for the Giants, <laughs> Cody Bellinger. Cody Bellinger, the uh, outfielder that outfielder. was with the Dodgers, right? Yeah, what, is it yeah, Daniel yeah. Bellinger? I Daniel. know his last name yes. is Bellinger. Okay, Daniel. He had some like really good moments at the end of last year, and I think he ended up getting hurt. But like he was a hot pickup uh, throughout the year. A lot of people were using him. Like Waller, if he's invested in playing, oh, have you seen this? whispering because my wife's here 
I don't know if you've seen this dude's wife. She's gorgeous. I don't know if like he's that invested in football anymore. If he just wants to make some little Waller babies. I don't know. But she is a like basketball player, I think, on the Las Vegas Aces. I'm almost positive. But he just got paid. He kind of seemed in and out of it last year. If he's truly invested in playing football, I, I don't think you could argue he's any worse than the tight end five. And I think in that offense, we've seen how, you know, Dayball will build around your offensive weapons, and I think you could argue Waller right now goes in there as their best offensive weapon. Like, I don't, I don't think they have anybody on that wide receiver core that I'd build around, so Waller could be the guy. Yeah, I think Waller is going to be their best receiving option. I mean, last year, Saquon Barkley was their leader in receptions. Uh, you know, Barkley obviously back, and I think he's going to serve a similar role that he did last year, but I don't see him leading the team in receptions again. Uh, so... I could see Waller being the leading receiver in this uh, on, on this team here. So, yeah, I think that Dayball does use his weapons really well. He's very smart. He's not going to try and force uh, passes to this terrible wide receiver core. He would much rather throw to a, a one of the better tight ends in the league, at least in terms of receiving. So, yeah, I think this keeps him more or less status quo. And I know he's dealt with some injuries, so that's kind of where I'm concerned a little bit. But um, yeah, I mean, I think anywhere between like, you know, tight end five, tight end seven, somewhere in that range, depending on how you value guys like uh, Pat Fryermuth and and what happens with Dalton Schultz. So just to give you an idea, Daniel Bellinger, and he missed six games last year, but finished with a average point total of 6.8 and had some really good games, 8.6, 8, 5, 3, 10, 4, 14, 8, 2, 3, then missed a bunch of games in a row, came back 7, 4, and then a couple like one points and four point games. Like, they were using him somewhat when he was healthy and had a couple double-digit weeks in there. And I think you could, like I said, Darren Waller's a better player. I think he could easily do better than that. So I agree with you. Yeah. Um, so next one here, because I and I agree with you with Kenny Galladay being toast. I don't think it needs, needs to, to go too much into that. I'll be interested to see where he lands, but um, I'm watching at a distance. I'm just curious really quick. Did you cook tonight? Oh, interesting question. Yes, I did. Did you make did. toast? Because I've noticed every time you talk about a player being done, you're putting toast in there. I was just curious toast. if like toast was toast was mixed into the dinner tonight. No, well. toast uh, oh, toast okay. was not mixed into the dinner. It was you... on Monday, though, uh, sort oh, okay. of. Garlic I was ask, bread, Texas toast. I was asking toast. if you were practicing your toast for the wedding. It's coming up. Maybe uh, maybe that's what toast is on your mind. <laughs> it could be. It could be. I, I do. You. I do still need to write my my wedding vows. Oh uh, God, don't that let I got to do that. Don't let that, that do. Dude, chat GPT, man. Come from the heart. <laughs> Just let it come from the heart. Let the words flow. Make sure to cry too. Women eat that shit up. <laughs> Get the onion. Just yeah, yeah, right beforehand. Just right. Pretend like you're pulling out your paper. Really, it's an onion. Just <laughs> dab it. Just dab your eyes. There you go. Uh, all right. Um, next one here for my Falcons, actually. Johnu Smith gets traded to the Falcons, gets reunited with Arthur Smith. Uh, does this move the needle at all for Johnu for you? I mean, he dropped like a stone the past couple of years. No, it doesn't. And it's because Arthur Smith didn't really use him at all that way either. He had like shining moments that gave us hope. And we were like, hey, John Smith could be the next best thing. That's why everybody was excited when he went to New England. 
But I feel like Arthur Smith just used him in gadget ways and mostly as a blocker. So for me, it doesn't change his value at all. I, I think like if you have him, hopefully you're in best ball leagues because he'll win you a couple weeks here and there with with the way that I think Arthur Smith will use him at times. But overall, like I don't think this vaults him into like the top 10, 12, probably not even top 15 at tight end. Yeah, definitely doesn't vault him into a tight end one. It makes him a little bit intriguing as a tight end two, just because of the lack of options in that passing game. I mean, it's really Pitts, uh, who was banged up all year last year, you know, missed pretty much the whole season. Drake London. Uh, and, and then that's really about it. I, I, so I don't know. I'm assuming they'll they'll use Janu probably more around like the line of scrimmage, more maybe more like an H back ish type of a role, especially with Pitts being out there. So he could be on the field a decent amount, which helps. But I, I'm not overly interested in Janu either. It's more of like a, I would need to see this to I would need to see it happen on the field before uh, before I move him up. Um, but does this impact? Pits for you at all? I think it could actually help Pitt's value a little bit. I mean, Johnny Smith, I don't want to say they're equal because Johnny Smith is not nearly as athletic as Kyle Pitts is, but I think having two tight ends like that on the field, defenses are going to have to stretch themselves a little bit to, to figure out how or who they're going to cover. You add in a Drake London on there as well, that big target. And if they can get just like any other decent wide receiver in the draft. Like, I think this becomes a very intriguing office, regardless of who the quarterback is. I mean, look, the one thing with Desmond Ritter, too, like John Smith, like he'll be able to catch the ball for the most part. So, like, I, I think it does nothing but help Kyle Pitts' value because I think defenses are going to have to now account for a guy like John Smith, and it allows Kyle Pitts to possibly get more moments. I think, still think he's going to be the one who's fed the targets. Yeah, I agree. I think it's he's going to be the one who's fed the targets. I think this can also help allow them to use Kyle Pitts in a little bit more of a versatile way too. Cause Johnny Smith is a good blocker. Uh, you know, he can take off some of that burden from Pitts, and they can use him maybe a little bit more creativity creatively. At least that's my hope here. So no, it doesn't, it doesn't impact Pitts really at all for me either. I mean, he's still my, t- he's my tight end three behind Kelsey and Andrews doesn't drop him. Doesn't move him up. He just hanging out right there. Uh, Rashad Penny signs with the Eagles. Uh, is there any running back in this entire room that we want now that Miles Sanders is gone? I want Rashad Penny, and I never thought I'd say that because I was not necessarily okay. a big fan of his uh, coming out and really what he's done the past couple years. But if, if he can stay healthy, he had a good year this year mm-hmm. with Seattle before he got hurt and yeah. Kenneth Walker kind of took over. I mean, look. I'd love for Trey Sermon to do something, but I'm pretty sure he's dead. I get that they just re-signed Boston Scott. Come on, people. Kennedy Brooks, did he even touch the field last year for the Eagles? I don't think so. It's really going to come down to Rashad Penny and Kenneth Gainwell. Penny, with his explosiveness and how great, I mean, you could argue the Eagles have a top five offensive line. We know how well that offense is. If you have a quarterback like Jalen Hurts, who has to be accounted for by the defense, any of those run options, the the RPOs, I think is only going to help Rashad Penny. And once he gets to that second level with that speed, like he's likely gone. And I just think that he's going to be a smash hit in a probably continuing to be a high-scoring Philadelphia Eagles offense. I would be willing to go out and get him. Like, I I know you're going to have to deal with some of these, like, 
six or seven point weeks where maybe he only gets you 60 yards and doesn't get you a touchdown. He's not much of a receiving threat. But at the end of the year, I think we could be talking about Rashad Penny probably in the 12 to 16 range. So, like, more likely, I think he's going to be an RB2. But, like, I think he has a shot because of how good Philly's offense is to be a back-end RB1. Like, what would you have to trade for Rashad Penny right now? Like, a second-round pick? I don't think you'd have to give up a first to get him. No, and it can't, I don't think so either. If, if you're talking a C2C league, like, what do you what are you having to give up for him? Like, maybe a fourth-round supplemental and, like, a decent CFF asset? I'd do that if I needed a, a good RB2 on my NFL side. So, I, I'm all in on Rashad Penny this year. Interesting. Interesting. I, I think he's more of a – going to be more of a back-end RB2 this year, probably closer to RB20 than, than RB – you know, 12. Um, I think he'll probably hang out like right around there. My big concern with him is, are, are we going to see Jalen hurts vulture touchdowns you know, so, and the injury risk with Penny? He has been hurt a lot. So I'm tentatively in on Rashad Penny here. I, I think you made a lot of great points there, given how good this offensive line is, how good the offense is overall. I think there's going to be a lot of positive game script for them. Um, don't start Rashad Penny when they play the New York Giants because that's the only time you ever want to start Boston Scott. But fair point, fair point. <laughs> you know, but outside of that, you know, I, I think that there really isn't anybody else for them in this backfield. Kenny Gainwell, he has a role for sure, but I think it'll be Penny. I think it'll be Rashad Penny as long as he's healthy. The touchdown upside will be limited. Like you said, you'll have to deal with some some six or like six seven point weeks, but. I think he'll he'll be a back end RB two. So yeah, I mean I'd be willing to give up a mid to late second round pick for him, or you know, like you said, a, a CFF producer, you know, maybe like um, a Tory Horton yeah. for him. Get off like my that. roster. Give me yeah. Rashad Penny. I'm good with it. Yeah, assuming as, I'm not competing on the college side. Ah, even if I am competing, I'll find somebody else. I ain't worried about it. As, as my good friend Chris Moxley says, scared money don't make money. I'm, <laughs> I'm here to make money. I want to win, and I think Rashad Penny can help you win this year. All right. Fair enough. Um, well, speaking of a guy who won, Juju Smith-Schuster. He sucks. Signs with New England, three-year deal. Uh, is he going to be a wide receiver, too, for this upcoming year? No. No. No, I don't think so. I, I'm, I'm glad. I don't know if he's going to listen to this or not. I know Austin loves Juju Smith-Schuster, and he seems like a great dude. Um, I've seen him, you know, helping homeless people, uh, buying people stuff. Like I will not knock the dude for what he does off the field. I think he's really overrated. as like an actual player on the field. Now, maybe that is due to whatever happened in that knee that he just doesn't seem to have really recovered from. I personally don't think he had that great a year last year. And he was playing with the best quarterback in all of the NFL and probably the most potent offense. And you can look up the stats and tell me, I feel like he didn't score, get more than 600 yards. I feel like now that I say that, I'm going to be dead wrong. But I don't remember him standing out that much last year. Go ahead. Yeah, 933 so, uh, yards. Okay. I just pulled I was, it up. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was about to say that too. Um, so 900 yards and three touchdowns. So in the best offense with the best quarterback. So better year than I thought. I really thought he only had like six or 700 yards receiving. Even if he comes over and he's, say, the wide receiver one, 
for the Patriots because Jacoby Myers is he rumored to be signing somewhere else. I don't think he's, he's signed yet. So he's he... signed with Vegas. I don't know okay. if he actually like put pen to paper, but that's gotcha. what they announced. So you're probably a year deal for him too. You're looking at Juju being the one in a New England offense that's probably not going to be like what makes you think Bill O'Brien's going to be able to come in there and be anybody? He just had Alabama, who had you could argue the best talent in that room and really probably in most of college football compared to who they played most of the time. He couldn't get those guys going. Well, you think he's going to get Mac Jones and Juju Smith-Schuster and honestly don't even know who else is on that team at the moment. Devontae Parker. Yeah, okay, great. The the corpse of Devontae Parker from <laughs> Miami. I mean, they just signed another running back, too, after everybody thought Ramondre Stevenson was going to come in and be the dude this year, and they just brought in another running back. Like, I just, I'm out. If you could get anything for Juju, if you get an eighth-round pick, do it. Get, give me Ooh. an eighth-round pick. I, I'm just kidding. I wouldn't go that low. But I'm just, I don't think that Juju is going to be, I don't think he replicates anything close to the 900 yards and, and three touchdowns again this year. I just, I, he doesn't move the way he did early on in his Pittsburgh career. And I feel like it's because of that knee injury. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. He doesn't look like the same receiver he was early in his career and heading into last year, I was willing to chalk that up to just the corpse of Ben Roethlisberger out there trying to throw him passes. I mean, he had a noodle arm and defenses were keying on, on that with Roethlisberger. So I thought that, you know, maybe that was what had to do more with Juju's uh, decline than, you know, than, than his play. But last year, I mean, it was a solid year last year. 78 catches on 101 targets, 93, no, 933 yards, three touchdowns. Three touchdowns, probably a little low. I mean, just due to some variance, that'll probably come up a little bit. And because I think he'll be an RB or the wide receiver one there on that offense. So, you know, maybe he gets more like five to seven touchdowns this year, but I, I think eight, 900 yards is probably where you're looking at there for him. And then 78. So I, th- I think he's going to have a very similar year to what he did in Kansas city. The only problem is his quarterback when he was in Kansas city, I was willing to give him a little bit more of the benefit of the doubt because he's playing with the best quarterback in football. You know, now he's moving to Mac Jones, who Mac Jones is is fine, but he's not going to elevate his receivers. QB2, baby. QB2. <laughs> Mac Jones isn't the type of guy who's going to elevate his receivers. So now you have to rely more on juju and volume. And I don't know how much I'm willing to bet on that. So could he be a wide receiver too? I think he, he could get to like wide receiver. 24 and that wouldn't shock me but i think he's much more of a wide receiver three flex play low ceiling type of a guy you're gonna get like 10 points from him every week and you're probably not gonna get too much more than that yeah i think you're being very generous by giving him um wide receiver two but you know i get it you 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 love austin and (laughs) you want to make him happy so i get it i was trying to figure out where he finished last year what is this I think he was like right around the back end of a wide receiver too, like somewhere between wide receiver 30 oh, no, and wide receiver no 24. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27. He was 28th. Oh, that's not that bad. 
It's what I said. Between somewhere between wide receiver thirty and wide receiver twenty-four, it's not too bad. For whatever reason, they don't put the numbers on here. And so when I'm scrolling down and I see, are you you fantasy pros? I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. And I'm looking at like Jacoby Myers, Adam Mm. Thielen, Zay Jones, and Juju Smith-Schuster. I'm like, that's not. There's no way that's like wide receiver thirty range. And turns out it was. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love fantasy pros. I use it all the time, but uh, it would be really nice if they had the numbers next to them. Yeah, please do yeah. that. If you're listening, fantasy pros, please. They're do listening. That. Everybody listens to us. Last bit of news here, then we'll move into that mock draft. Uh, D- David Montgomery signs with Detroit, which spells the end for Jamal Williams there. That was a really nice run. I know. Speaking of runs, I know you're a Naruto fan. I'm a Naruto fan. Yes, I am. Jamal love Williams it. is a Naruto fan. Uh, so sad to see him go, but David Montgomery comes in. Do we think Montgomery kind of fills that same role as Jamal Williams? That's kind of where I'm at. I don't know. So first of all, I'll say I'm not sad to see Jamal Williams go landed in new Orleans. Sneaky right. good spot. True, you know, especially true. if Alvin Kamara has to deal with some legal stuff. We could see some more Naruto going on there in new Orleans. <laughs> I'm all for it. For those of you not, well, you can't watch cause we don't put this yeah. live. Not not visual Anyways. Anyways, yeah, we're not a video medium. I don't know what I don't know if you just go straight into that Jamal Williams role or if we're actually seeing David Montgomery is going to be the starter for the Detroit Lions. I think the Lions want to make the playoffs, and I think the DeAndre Swift is a much better player than David Montgomery. I don't think that's too crazy to say injuries aside, but I do think sometimes we have to look at what these teams are telling us. They signed him to a three year deal. 18 million more than any other running back has even come close to getting in this market right now, which I thought was a little bit weird. I thought some of these guys like Miles Sanders were going to get more money. They didn't. David Montgomery got the most money from a team that was on the verge of the playoffs last year. And I went and looked it up. Six million is not a bad dead cap hit, which is what they would have to pay in 2024 if they let him go. But really, you're looking at probably 2025, where it's only a $2 million cap hit. I think they're bringing in David Montgomery to just be the guy. And DeAndre Swift's going to stay in his sort of role that he's been in. We're like, yeah, we'll use you a little bit here in between the 20s. You'll get some pass catches. But at the end of the day, David Montgomery is going to end up with more uh, more carries and more receptions. I mean, DeAndre Swift had 94 carries last year, guys. 94. That's not something you would think about a, a leading back in a committee getting. He's not the lead back, and he hasn't been. And I think that that with them signing David Montgomery, they're telling you exactly that. We just want. I love Swift. I want to believe in him, and I think people still want to. But the the Detroit Lions are telling you, DeAndre Swift ain't it. David Montgomery is. Yeah, Swift dropped a little bit for me. He's my RB seven right now, and honestly, that's mostly due to his actual like his skill like what i think what i perceive his skill to be i am worried about uh about david montgomery there i I think at worst he comes in and steps into that jamal williams role so i think that's what you if you're a swift owner you have to hope that that's what his role is and that's not really like a good hope because like you said he just got the most money out of any running back on the free agents market now granted it's not a ton of money you know And I I do think that they have a vision for Swift, I would hope. But and having Jared Goff out there as as the quarterback, I think helps because Goff isn't really a quarterback who pushes it downfield. You know, he's going to be more in the short to intermediate area, which is where you can use Swift. So 
I'm hoping they use him in that way this year. Hopefully the injuries are behind him because he was dealing with that last year. But that's a lot of hopes if you're tallying it up at home. So RB7, he end up actually even being a little bit high. As the offseason goes on, as I think about it more, maybe I end up dropping him a little bit. So Swift has definitely uh, lost some stock and lost some value here. I think the big hope, again, hope, for Swift is he goes somewhere else when his contract is up that will utilize him better. Maybe he ends up in um, LA with the chargers as like an Austin Eckler replacement. I think that's kind of what I would want to see from him. But again, it's, it's a lot of hopes and what ifs and not a lot of reality. Yeah. I mean, your, your big hope to use that word is Knowing that the they did, de- de- I believe they declined his fifth year, or no, he wasn't yeah. even a first round pick, so he no. didn't have fifth year options. So mm-hmm. he'll be a free agent after this year. Your hope is that they just r- let him ride the entire season. It's like yeah. we're just gonna run the wheels off this guy because we got David Montgomery. But a wise man once told me that hope is the killer of all dynasty teams. So just take that <laughs> with a grain of salt. Who who is that? That would be my good friend Ray Garth, who says all okay. the time because I. I habitually hold on to players longer than I should. And I'm like, well, I, I think he's going to turn around. And I, I, you know, I hope he's going to do this. And I hope is the killer of all dynasty teams. So. That's, that's a good saying. Yeah. That's, that's a good one. Um, hat tip there. Uh, I might steal that at some point. Cause I run into that problem a lot too. I hold on to players maybe a little yeah. bit too long. Um, but all right, that is going to do it for the news here. We're going to move into the 2023 rookie mock. And this is based on the mock draft that we did over at uh, C2C. You can find the article up on the website uh, if you want to see the full two-round mock draft there. Um, But this was pre-Carolina-Chicago trade. So we had some trades in ours, uh, most notably that we had the Colts trading up with the Bears at one uh, to take C.J. Stroud there. Maybe Carolina does that too. We ended up having Carolina take Anthony Richardson. So uh, that could also very much be in the range of outcomes. But that's what we're going to use as our uh, landing spots for these teams. So since you are the guest, you graced me with your presence today and let me actually talk to somebody. Um, I'll let you go first. So who is your 1-1? So to clarify really quick, is Superflex tied in premium? It's a great point. Yes, super flex, okay. tight end premium. And then when you say your pick, say where we had them going. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna shock some people, piss some people off, and probably make one person happy. Uh oh. I'm taking Anthony Richardson with the one one. Oof. So in our mock, he went number nine overall to Carolina. We've talked about and there have been talks that he could go one one overall to Carolina, who in Real life traded up again, as Colin mentioned. We did this muck before the trade actually happened. Right. I don't think it's an unfair argument to make that he has the highest ceiling out of anybody in this class. <clears throat> I don't hate the landing spot with Carolina. I especially with the fact that they just signed who was it was it Andy Dalton? I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which signifies to me that they probably start him. Early on, Andy Dalton has come out and said, I am more than willing to mentor whatever quarterback they bring in, knowing they're going to bring a quarterback in. I still believe Anthony Richardson can be developed somewhat into a comparable 
quarterback and, and Mike Valerie, one of our Debbie guys here, you know, he done listen to this so I can somewhat compliment him. He's a very <laughs> smart guy. And he has said before, I don't know the exact quote, so I may be butchering this a little bit, but like, you can't tell me that Anthony Richardson can't go into the NFL and do what Justin Fields and Lamar Jackson have done. Because I think on a athletic field, he is closer to Lamar than he is to Justin Fields. And Justin Fields almost broke the record last yeah. year for rushing yards. Anthony Richardson is that dynamic. Why would you not want to have that guy? I think a lot of people compare him to Malik Willis and Trey Lance, and that's not a fair comparison. Malik Willis got third-round draft capital, folks. Anthony Richardson's likely going top 10. Whether you like it or not, he's going top 10. Trey Lance is not a fair comparison to make either, in my opinion, because Trey Lance was playing against subpar competition and had not played football for an entire year. Anthony Richardson, say what you want, was doing it in the SEC. I get 53% completion percentage. Josh Allen had a 56 completion uh, career or a year at Wyoming. Not trying to say Anthony. Oh, that was a mosquito. Just flew by. Not that Anthony Richardson is like, I'm not trying to say Anthony Richardson could be on the same level as Josh Allen. I don't think he ever gets there. But with the rushing upside alone, we saw Lamar Jackson struggle as a passer. We talked about the beginning of the show, Justin Fields struggling as a passer for two years. Even if Anthony Richardson takes time to get his passing underneath him and, and become a more developed passer, the rushing side, the rushing upside alone brings you the ability to have a top five quarterback in fantasy. There's nobody coming in the next couple of drafts that I think brings you that, except maybe Caleb. And people count Caleb as this dual threat quarterback. Do you know how many rushing yards Caleb had last year? Not as many as you would think and not as many as he could have had. I know he's he's been he, really focusing on being po pocket passer. It's not even a pocket passer. He doesn't run. He he does the Patrick Mahomes thing of like he runs like 80 yards in the backfield before he throws it. He doesn't actually get you rushing yards. I believe it was like 400 or 500. Drake May doubled him up which I don't think a lot of people realize. Like I don't think any quarterback coming up is going to give you the upside Anthony Richardson has. So I'm willing to take the shot on him because the other thing I will say is, earlier this year, you were able to trade Zach Wilson for a first-round pick before everything went sideways. If Anthony Richardson shows you even the slightest bit of upside that Justin Fields and Lamar Jackson have, have showed you, if you really don't think he's the guy, you can't tell me you can't flip him for multiple first-round picks. Or for if you're in a C2C league for a high-end college player and something else. Like he'll his value will retain as long as he shows something. And I find it very hard to think he won't show you something. So I'm taking Anthony Richardson. That's that's interesting. And I hate saying that. I, I hate it. Yeah, I, I don't I don't hate that pick. Um I think at this it, we have on this show, Austin and I have hated on Anthony Richardson and you know I mean not hated on it hated on is a strong word we have pointed out his limitations and we have talked about how this quarterback class this year is really just two guys young and Stroud I do think Anthony Richardson has put his name into that conversation and maybe he never ends up being a long-term NFL starter maybe he never puts it together as a passer and he lives on his rookie contract and then just fades away. But if the if the team that takes him is willing to use him as a runner, like a Lamar Jackson, like a Justin Fields, and I don't know why you would take him if that's not what you wanted to do, 
he has immense upside. And I saw Josh Norris uh, on Twitter made a comment the other day that really stuck out to me. And he said, we talk about rushing quarterbacks as having this high floor when really it's a high ceiling. It is. He has the highest ceiling of any quarterback in this draft class. He also has a very low floor if he does end up busting and not putting it together as a passer. But that ceiling, if you want to take that at one, that can be a fantasy difference maker. So I think that that's a fine pick there. At the 102, that leaves me with the real 1-1, B. John Robinson. Now, he, in this draft, got taken 27th overall to the Buffalo Bills. I hate that landing spot. I absolutely hate it. I don't think that they're going to really use a running back that much. Josh Allen does run and steals touchdowns, vultures touchdowns. Uh, They also took James Cook. They have Devin Singletary, who are just kind of, they're going to be bodies in the way. I hate the landing spot for the Bills, but it's talent. Bijan Robinson is the best running back prospect we've seen come out since Saquon Barkley. I think he is, you know, we, Jonathan Taylor was a very good running back prospect when it all, when he put it all together. I think Bijan is better. Uh, I think Bijan is right there with, with Saquon and he is going to make any team, any competent offensive coach is going to use Bijan the way he should be used. And they're going to feed him the ball. So not the best landing spot, but he's just such a great talent that I can't pass up on him at the 102, even though uh, this is a super flex mock. So I'm going to take Bijan here. I, I I I would actually love that landing spot personally for Bijan. I, I think people overrate the Josh Allen part. I mean, I think the reason he's had to rush for so many touchdowns is because Devin Singletary is their running back. Yeah. And no disrespect to Devin Singletary, he's really not that good, folks. Bijan Robinson is good. And, and I mean, the one thing that they could really help him out 41, 50, 50, 52 were the targets that Devin Singletary's had over his career in Buffalo. They will target the running back. Bijan gets those kinds of targets. And then if he ends up getting 150, 150, 180, 177, he also gets those carries. I mean, Devin Singletary had over 800 yards rushing behind a good offensive line in that offense. And Devin Singletary, I think his Bijan has more talent in his pinky toe than Devin Singletary <laughs> has putting Bijan in that offense. I think would be a smash hit. I really think that he would, I, I get the, the rushing part that you want to be worried about, but I wonder if you don't draft a guy like Bijan because you want to stop taking your franchise quarterback and having him run up the middle on the one yard line and just get blasted by multiple defenders and just get beat to hell. Because realistically, I think cost him a playoff game this year, him injuring his shoulder. He was not healthy the rest of the year after that happened. Why not give it to your transcendent running back in the goal line, which I think they would do. So I actually like the spot. That's a lot of good points. It's a lot of good points. You're selling my, me on it a little bit. My my only argument against taking Bijan at 1-1 is I'm assuming if I'm at my 1-1, my team sucks, and mm. Bijan's not going to help my team sucking. So that would be point. the only reason. Maybe you traded up and you got lucky. I've done that in a couple of leagues where like I traded early on and ended up with the one, one, but like, I feel like Bijan just like ages out on your roster before you're good enough. It's kind of the argument on why would you take a running back or quarterback here at the beginning? It's, it's like Bijan special. So like, I have no real issue with it. 
So you take Bijan there at one, two. If I'm at one, three, sticking with that theory that my team's likely bad, I'm taking a quarterback. And at this point, I'm taking who I believe should be the quarterback one overall, and that's Bryce Young. I don't love the Texans landing spot. And I get that he is small. But that has not at all affected him in the SEC, where you would argue as some of the better defenses in all of college football. And the dude's just a gamer. How many games he won Alabama over the past two years and put those teams on his shoulders and won them games is extremely impressive. Now, I am a little bit worried. Throws a lot over the middle. You know, they they schemed ways to kind of create openings for him. I don't know if that happens on the NFL side. I want them to get him a wide receiver. I don't remember if we drafted a wide receiver to Houston. I'm trying to look really quick. We did not, which is not great because I think Houston <laughs> needs to get him one. I don't necessarily believe. Oh that yeah, Eagle we did. Collins. We did. Jalen Hyatt. Jalen Hyatt. God, whoever made that pick, that was a horrible <laughs> pick. Thank you for screwing over Bryce Young because I don't think Nico Collins is it. Uh, but if they are able to get him a competent pass catcher, like I, I think Bryce Young, because of what he can create out of structure, has also more upside than CJ Stroud, in my opinion. So he would be the next guy off the board for me. That's fair. I mean, I I do have Bryce Young as my QB one as well. So I I don't hate that pick at all. Um, I was a little bit surprised. I would have thought you had CJ Stroud ahead of him, but now that I'm thinking about it, I do think you have had Bryce young ahead of Stroud the I whole time. Yet. It's just the, the, you know, Ohio state jerseys you have hanging behind you that I know, you know maybe people believe I'm impartial or I can't be impartial <laughs> toward Ohio state. Uh, so then I will take at the one Oh four here. I will take CJ Stroud and we had him going first overall to the Indianapolis Colts. Again, this was before the Carolina trade, so uh, we had the Colts trading up with the Bears to take this here. And I think there's a very real possibility C.J. Stroud still goes number one just to Carolina. But in this situation, I actually do really like that he went to the Colts. I like Shane Steichen. Steichen? I'm not sure how to say his name. but Steichen. Uh, yeah, Steichen. Steichen. I like Shane Steichen, uh, former offensive coordinator from uh, the Eagles there. I think that he... One, learned a lot under Sirianni, and I think, two, I do think he had uh, a role in developing Jalen Hurts, um, which is kind of something you hear floated out there that, that he played a role in that. So I like him as a quarter, uh, as an offensive mind, pairing C.J. Stroud with him. C.J. Stroud can run more than what he showed at Ohio State as well. I mean, we saw it in that last game against Georgia. And we saw it on the very first play he ever had in in college where he ran for like a 60 yard touchdown, you know, so we have seen him use his legs. I think that they'll allow him the Colts and and Steichen would allow him to use his legs a little bit more. And he's also a very good quarterback uh, as well. He's, He's a good passer. He's smart. So I think he is, this is a great fit for him. Uh, I think he's like, you know, a, a home run quarterback prospect i think he'll do very well he'll be in the league for a long time maybe he doesn't quite have the ceiling as some of these other quarterbacks do uh you know like a, a mahomes and allen and a herbert and anthony richardson he does not quite have that ceiling but i think he's gonna hover and settle in around that like trevor lawrence dak prescott ish range where he's just perennially a like back end qb1 every year and that very consistent and i like that so i'm gonna take stroud here 
Yeah, I mean, you you just mentioned Dak Prescott. That's kind of been my comp to, for Stroud. If he decides to actually run, I feel like he's a he's got a better arm than Dak too. But I feel like for fantasy, that's what he could be. Um, and, and I don't have an issue if you were to take Stroud at like over Bryce Young because I agree with you. If he were to go to a place like the Colts, great offensive line, great weapons. When everything is blocked up for you, C.J. Stroud is incredible. My only fear with him is like outside of that one Georgia game, he has not shown any way to really create out of structure where Bryce Young has. Like that's why I believe a little bit more in Bryce Young, but I don't have an issue with with Stroud, especially again if he lands on a team like the Colts. All right, so that puts me up here, and I'm really trying to decide where I want to go. Um. I am going to take my wide receiver one now in Jackson Smith and Jigba. It's been a lot of argument about this in our, in our, in our company <laughs> slack about what JSN can be. It feels like it's me and Austin on one side, Barnabas, Mike, Valerie, and Felix Sharp on the other. I'm with you guys. Collins on this. Okay. With, with me and Austin, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not as vocal about it, but. You know, I agree with you. Yeah, well, when Austin's like, we're throwing down 10K bets, I also step back into the shadows <laughs> and just kind of keep quiet. But I'm rooting for Austin in the shadows. <laughs> so we had him going to the Giants in the first round. I think that'd be a great spot for him. I just, I get that it's fantasy is very much what have you done for me lately? I think a lot of people forget how great that year was in 2022. Even if you take away the bowl game, where a lot of people bring up that he was on the running back, he also did that against Clark Phillips III, who is going to be a first-round cornerback in this right. draft. People kind of forget about that part. We would love to gloss over the fact that he did that against Clark Phillips. Well, granted, Clark Phillips also did track him down. Well, nobody praises JSN for his breakaway speed. We right. do praise him for how easy it is for him to create separation within route and off the line. And if he's able to do that, Teams will the coaches and especially Brian Dayball, which is another reason why I love this landing spot because Brian yeah. Dayball is a great offensive play caller. Will create plays for him. They will get the ball to him, and I think he can be on the Cooper Cup spectrum. And even not, I've mentioned before, even if he falls into like the Hunter Renfro spectrum, people think that's bad. Hunter Renfro has had good fantasy seasons. Like maybe he doesn't end up being Cooper Cup, but I still think he can end up at the end of the day being a wide receiver two for you. So I'm taking Jason. I think the Hunter Renfro comp is an insult to JSN. I think he's an infinitely better player here. Um, oh, I agree. I'm just saying, like, at, at worst, I think you're looking like a Keenan that. Allen, you know. Well, that I mean, that's who I would comp him to personally is, is Keenan Allen or Cooper and Cooper Cup. Like, I think he's in that mold, a wide receiver yeah. one. But even if he falls down to a wide receiver two, why are we pretending like that's a bad thing? There's True. still only 24 of them. Over, like, there's only 12 of them, technically. Wide receiver 13 through 24. Like, there's still only 12 of them every single year. If he's consistently a wide receiver, too, that's a good pick. Not everybody can be Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. Just can't. Right. Right. Uh, I like that pick there. I am going to go with uh, Jameer Gibbs then. Uh, Running back uh, from Alabama in this draft, he went to the Saints in the second round at pick 40. Uh, I was actually the one who made this pick in the mock draft, and my reasoning was with Alvin Kamara's legal situation, we don't know what's, how that's going to shape out. Uh, they also have an out in his contract uh, after 2024. So after next year, they have an out in that contract. And then Jameer Gibbs could step up and be that guy. And he could step up and be the guy as soon as this year, depending on what happens with Kamara's legal situation. Now they do bring in Jamal Williams. Uh, in free agency. So this mock was before that. 
I worry maybe a little bit that we would see another DeAndre Swift situation where Jamal Williams just kind of siphons off a lot of those touches from him. But I think Jameer Gibbs is he he clocked in weighing at, right at 200. Was it like just under 205? I think somewhere in that range. Yeah. Um, so that's you know more than good enough. I think he's going to be good. It ran like a four three something forty four three eight. I think. Uh, blazing fast, catches the ball really well. I think he's pretty good between the tackles as well. I think he's a very complete running back. If, if Bijan wasn't in this class, he's a he's an RB1. He's an RB1 in a lot of classes. So I like Jameer Gibbs a lot, and I think this is a good landing spot for him. So I'm going to take him here. All right. I would – so it's between two wide receivers here, and I'm going to end up going with – even though I don't have him ranked higher than Quentin Johnson, I'm going to take Jordan Addison. I know that the combine wasn't great. People are kind of hating on him. Dude's a Bolitnikov award winner. Had a good year at USC. I get he didn't test well, but we also have test him going, poorly either. Right? Yeah, I think he just tested poorer than people expected. I think right. the speed kind of scared some people off. Regardless, we haven't going at twenty-one to the Chargers. Give me a dude who can create separation within route with Justin Herbert, who will throw the ball to him regardless. I mean, look at what he's done with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. If you're telling me you're bringing in Jordan Addison, who could be the replacement for Keenan Allen after he's probably gone at the end of this season, I'll take that all day in the first round. Because again, I think low the 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 floor is low end wide receiver too. I'm okay with that with that guy's talent. So give me the guy with Justin Herbert. Man, I like that pick. Whoever made that in the mock draft did a did a nice pick. Was that you? It was me. Yeah. Okay. Good I job. took him ahead of JSN. The reasoning in there too was more that um, JSN is very very similar to Keenan Allen, who they already have on the on the team there, and I think Addison fits in with the rest of them well. Um, I will take Quentin Johnston here, um, going to the Detroit Lions, and. I'm debating between him and a guy who wasn't even actually taken in the two round mock draft, which we may end up having to, we will have to take a couple of those guys. We only had 12, 20 skill players taken. So we'll have to fill in at the end there, but I'm, I was between him and another guy and I'm going to go with Quentin Johnson here. One, because of the draft capital taken at 18th overall, taken in the first round by Detroit. I think that's a great landing spot for him. I think he's, you can do a lot of things with Quentin Johnston uh, if you want to. He is a very versatile wide receiver. He's very good after the catch. He can win downfield as well. And he fits pretty well with the other options that they have there. I mean, they have Amon Ra, who's going to operate in the slot, short and intermediate area. J- Jameson Williams, who is a phenomenal field stretcher. And then you just have Quentin Johnston, who can kind of do it all. So... I like the landing spot. I like the talent. I, I'm a little worried about the volume that he'll see there, given the other options, but I'm going to take a bet on the talent here. <sighs> I have to do it. I don't want to, but like, I just don't see how Will Levis falls any further. Oof. He's a first round quarterback. Like you've got to take him just based on value alone. Now, when we did this mock, Jimmy G had not signed with the Raiders yet, so we were looking at him being the quarterback of the future for the Raiders. I don't think that the Raiders would take him here at nine. I still think he's going to be a first-round pick. So, like, at this point, it's a first-round quarterback. Again, as I mentioned earlier, like, I, I don't think that he's much worse than, like, Zach Wilson 
And at the early point of this year, which was, so what is this, the third year of Zach Wilson's NFL career, correct? Yeah, it'll be entering, yeah. Okay, so like you could still get a first-round pick for him entering the 2022 season. If you could get that for Zach Wilson, my bet is after a year or two, you can still get that for Will Levis. If you don't like him, just move him. As soon as he has that one good game, like, hey, guys, Will Levis is on the block. What you giving me? And take the best price if you want to get out. But quarterbacks and super flex formats with, you know, they hold their value longer than most positions do. So um, at 1-8, I'll take it. Or 1-9, I'm sorry. At 1-9, the back end of the first round, I'm taking All right. I mean, I can't really fault you too much on that. He was a top 10 pick. Um, and obviously with the Raiders signing Jimmy G, uh, you know, Lev- they probably don't take Levis here, but. I, there's a lot of a, a lot of good points there about quarterbacks and super flex leagues. I just don't want to take a guy that I don't like. Like I was not taking oh, Zach oh, Wilson, yeah. and I think that's because Zach Wilson was not good. I don't want to take a guy that I'm going to have to try and trade later if I can help it. So uh, I, I understand the pick there, but that's not the direction I would go. At this pick, I will take somebody who was not taken in this uh, in the mo- two round mock draft, and I'm going to take Zach Evans running back from Ole Miss. Uh, I st- I'm still a believer in Zach Evans. I still think he's a good running back. He was hyper-efficient in college. I- I'm a little bit worried about the size. What did what did he weigh in at? It was a little bit lighter than what we thought. Was it oh, two, I, that sounds right. I thought it was less than 210. It might have been I, like 208. I, yeah. yeah. So I'm a little bit worried about that. I'd like to see him a little bit heavier than that, but he runs so violently. He's not afraid of contact. Uh, and he's the, his ability to change gears while still or change directions while still um, like not losing speed is it's a, it's a high level ability there. And I think it's going to lend itself well to the NFL. So even without a landing spot here, I think he's going to be taken in the top three rounds of the draft. He's yeah. a day two guy. So I'm going to bet on that. Uh, and I'm going to bet on his talent here at the 110. Yeah, I'm with you. He, he's still my running back three at the moment as well. I, I like Evans a lot. Um, so I feel like this player is a tad bit redundant with the player that was signed in free agency. Right. Um, but again, we did not. We did this before the free agent stuff, and I'm going to take Josh Downs, who went to the Patriots in uh, with the 46 pick. Probably goes in and plays a slot. I feel like Juju is going to be there, but he can play outside as well. We see, we saw him play outside with the Chiefs and the Steelers, so like I'm not super worried about it. I feel like Downs would fit very well with Mac Jones, who, while we saw him bomb down the field a lot at Alabama, that was in a Steve Sarkeesian offense with Devonta Smith. The past two years, I feel like he's been more, I don't want to say dink and dunk, but he he seems to definitely prefer like the short and intermediate areas of the field where Josh Downs can win. So give me Josh Downs in that offense. I don't love it here at the back end of the first, but I, I don't want to take any of those tight ends. And there's no other real wide receivers that stand out to me that I got decent draft capital. Yeah, I mean, I, I like that pick there. That's probably the direction I would have gone, even though I don't love the Patriots landing spot yeah. and I don't love him going there with Juju, like you mentioned. Um, I am going to go in another direction here with another running back. I'm going to take Zach Charbonnet. Uh, I think he is he's my RB4 in this class. He's got size. He's got speed. He catches the ball pretty well. I think his reception numbers from college are maybe like a, something that people lean on a little bit too much. Cause he wasn't really like 
used creatively in the passing game. He was just kind of catching swing passes, dump offs, maybe the occasional angle route or something along those lines. But he's so he's he's a competent pass catcher, but size, speed, pass catching ability, three down ability. Uh, give me that all day. I think he's going to get another guy who's going to go um, day two of the draft. So even without seeing the landing spot here, I feel comfortable taking him at this spot. All right. So one, one, I swung for the fences and I took Anthony Richardson. I'm back up on the board here. Running back is deep. It is. Look, I'm all about whatever that dude's name is in science. Who's either striking out or hitting home runs. So either I'm going to strike out <laughs> twice with both of my picks at one, one, or I'm hitting two home runs. I get he's small. I get he may not be a, a bat, a, a lead back, but he's got elite speed. And we saw he can run up the middle. He can catch the ball. He can do everything. He did it in the SEC. Give me Devin Achain. I think he's getting day two draft capital. Yeah. I think whatever team drafts him is going to have a plan for him. I don't think he'll be the bell cow. But if he can get 15 touches a game with that speed, I think he could be a RB2 for you in some years. Like He's not going to do that every year, but he'll be good enough. Swinging for the fences. I, I know Kendry Miller is still here. Tajay Spears, who's getting all the, the love and hype. I mean, there's Tank Bigsby still on the board. Israel Abanaconda. None of those guys can do what Devin Achain can do. So I'm taking another, hopefully, home run swing here and give me Achain. Hey, I love it. Uh, I have Achain here in this spot as well. Like, he's my RB5, uh, which is, you know, how it went off the board here. I'm, I'm a big believer in Achain. I don't love the yeah. size. He checked in at, what, like 188, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Would like to have seen him closer to 195. But like you said, whoever takes him, I think, is going to have a role in mind for him. And even if he ends up having a Tony Pollard-like role, like he did, or you know, like Pollard did with Zeke as a compliment there, I still think Achain can give you RB2 like numbers, like you were saying. And his ceiling is much higher than that. His ceiling, if he if they use him as a bell cow, uh, his ceiling is like a CJ2K type of a guy. Uh, I don't know if he'll ever actually hit that, um, but I still think he's uh, a very, really talented running back. So I like that pick there. This is a really tough spot for me. At the 202 here with everybody that we have off the board, we don't know landing spots for some of these other running backs. And this is kind of where there's all in a cluster, like you were saying, yeah. you know, Kendry Miller and Izzy and Bigsby and uh, Spears and all those guys. I, I don't know who's going to get taken where in the out of that group. So I'm going to do it. I'm going to take Keishon Boutte here. Ooh, okay. Keishon Boutte. Uh, seems like he might be a little bit of a knucklehead that athletic testing. The 40 was fine. It's not what we thought he was going to run. Uh, the, the vert was absolutely terrible. Yeah. It didn't really do any of the lateral agility stuff, but I don't blame him. I wouldn't either. If the rest of my combine looked like that, I, I, I am subscribing more to the idea that he had that that was probably an Achilles injury and he's still working his way back from that. Does he ever get back to the receiver? We saw his freshman and sophomore year. I don't know, but I will say, I think he has the highest upside of any wide receiver in this class. Maybe not named Quentin Johnston. I think that's close. If Quentin Johnson hits his ceiling, but Keishon Boutte can do it all when he was healthy lands on the Cowboys. The Cowboys need a complimentary wide receiver to CD lamb and they've shown they've been able to support two fantasy relevant wide receivers before 
They tagged Dalton Schultz, so I'm assuming they're going to bring him back, but they still need another guy. I like the landing spot. I like the talent. And at this point at the 202, uh, I'm willing to take a, a gamble here. So I'll take Boutte. Yeah, I don't hate it, especially if he gets second round draft capital. Uh, I'll be very curious. Right. He's he's one of the guys I'm very curious to see what happens with him on draft night because I'm still with you. Like I love the talent. It just kind of sucks because I think if they would just – I think it was an Achilles as well. I think if they would just say that, it would actually help him. Yeah. I think people would be more like, oh, that makes sense why he didn't test as well. But mm-hmm. I, I get them also not saying it as well. All right, so two, three. I'm torn between two players here. I don't love the way he tested. Ooh, I think he I'm, tested well. I'm going to take Michael Mayer. I, I, I thought he was going to be a little bit more athletic, but he had a an eight on the Raz score. Yeah, he had was, a, it I, was a. I thought it was, was going to be better. Uh, I mean, it was great. It was a great Raz score. I'm happy with he, it. The way I look at him, and I, when I, I've made this comp before, I think in the Discord, and I know I've said it on another show, and people always kind of get like the like they. Oh God, stuck my mic. Uh, like the one of those things where like you're stuck in like a train or a plane and someone farted and you kind of like who 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 did that <laughs> like that that the stink face. I think he's Austin Hooper, but like I think okay. Atlanta Falcons Austin Hooper. Like yeah. we've seen when that kind of guy gets volume, he could be a dominant tight end, and I think that's what he is. And we've seen him in college against good defenses, including Clemson, play really well. He lands in Green Bay. We know he's going to have Jordan Love as their quarterback now. And what's what's the one thing everybody always says? Young quarterback's best friend is a tight end. They don't really have a guy. Robert Tunyon is fine. He's nothing special. I think Michael Mayer goes in there and instantly gives him a reliable short area target to pair with Christian Watson. I think Lazard's gone. So, like, they have nobody else outside of Watson. Like, I think he goes in there, easily becomes the number two option in a decent Matt LaFleur offense. Like, that offense has been good. I think that he will be perfectly fine. So, I'll take Michael Mayer, who's probably at worst, like a top eight tight end for fantasy. Hey, I like that pick. I I like Michael Mayer. I think that's a great pick in that spot, 203, especially in tight end premium leagues going to the Packers where they do, like you said, they kind of need like more of an underneath type of a guy. So I like that pick. So I think I thought he tested pretty well there. Uh, a four, seven 40 at his size is not bad at all. Um, you know, he weighed in at like 248 pounds. So yeah, I, I think that's fine. Athletically. Um, this next pick for me here is a little tougher. Uh, I think I'm still going to stay at the running back position and I'm going to take Kendry Miller here. Uh, I like Kendry Miller. I think the NFL will too. I think he's probably going to get taken in the third round. I don't feel super confident in that, but another guy, good size, good speed. Assuming you know when he tests, uh, I, I'm assuming he's he's going to test well. But we saw it on the field in college. He was hyper efficient, caught passes decently well. I think he's a guy who can lead a backfield. So the 204, I'm going to take Miller here. I like it. I, I was debating between him. I, I still have him fairly high um, as well. So at two five, I took JSN earlier. I'm taking another home run swing here and. Oh. Who mentions his tight end premium? Ah, uh, who am I taking? Do you know? Darnell. I am. Yeah, yeah. Darnell Washington. I, dude tested as an absolute freak. 
We have him going to the Detroit Lions, uh, what was it, pick 55. So, you know, a pretty decently early second-round pick. Jared Goff, I think, will get the ball to him at the tight end. He's in a loaded room, too, as well. I mean, I know DJ Chark's gone. We got Jamison Williams. We had him taking Quentin Johnson in the first round. So, like, it's not like defenses can just come in and say, hey, we know we got to cover this freak of an athlete at tight end. You also have a freak of an at two freak of athletes on the wide receiver end, and Jamison Williams, Quentin Johnston. You also got DeAndre Swift and David Montgomery in the backfield, and I'm then you add Amon Ross St. Brown in the slot, and then you add this absolute freak at tight end. I think he realistically upside his top three tight end with what he can do. It really is, and you're getting him here at the two five. In a tight end premium, like I to me, that's a steal. So it, it was the easy pick for me. I probably should have taken him over Mayer, but I'm taking Darnell here. I think my worry with Darnell is his lateral mobility. He's not the most uh fluid mover, but I do I, I was the one who took him in the mock draft here for the Lions, and my reasoning is they don't have a red zone guy. He will be the red zone guy on that Lions team. He is a good bet to score like eight to ten touchdowns. You know, you know who team. you know who else didn't have great lateral agility? I mean, they were compared to a couch when it came to that. <laughs> that was, was Kyle DJ? Rudolph. Oh, okay. Who had multiple tight end one seasons with I believe who was it? Who was it with? Um, was it just the Minnesota Vikings with Kirk? I think Cousins? it was just with so. Minnesota. Yeah. Kirk Cousins loved throwing that dude in the end zone because he had massive. You look at that ball; looks like a miniature, like what the what's the what's the word I'm looking for here? They they make the whistling sound when you throw them. I can't think. I'm so tired. The a Nerf, Nerf ball. ball. It looks like a Nerf ball in his hand. His hands are so massive. Yeah, I'm I'm fine with it. Even if he's just a red zone threat, like there's such a wide variance. It's Travis Kelsey and then everybody else and yeah. everybody else is not separated by that much. So if, if he gets you 10 touchdowns a year, if he gets you seven, that's still more than most tight ends get. He's going to finish as a top tight end. Yeah. I don't hate it there. Um, in this spot here, another kind of tough one. There's a, uh, yeah, it's starting to get real poopy out here. It uh, is. That's why, that's why I went Darnell. I was like, all upside. It is. Uh, I'm just going to swing here on on Israel Bonaconda. I'm just going to keep hammering the running back position. Another guy that I think is probably going to get taken in the third round. Uh, maybe he slips into the fourth, but I, I, you know when he tests, I think he's going to test well. He's athletic. Uh, he's, he's fast. Catches passes decently well. Good size. So... He checks a lot of the boxes you're looking for. Is he going to check the draft capital box? I'm not sure, but I'll bet on the talent here, especially at this spot. And also I, I do like to load up on running backs because running backs, one position where it's one injury away and all of a sudden he's fantasy relevant in RB two for you and starting every week. So I like the talent. I'm going to take Izzy. Yeah. I, I don't love this pick, so I'm not going to give a ton of analysis on it. I'm taking Jalen Hyatt. Like he got decent draft capital. The one thing I do like is he's paired with Bryce young who can create out of structure. So Hyatt is the kind of guy that can break off a route and get open. Bryce young will hit him. I don't necessarily think he's a great player. I think he's gotten widely overrated a little bit because I mean, you look, he's really just a big slot. He literally played 98% of his snaps in the slot. Like I don't love that type of player projecting him to the NFL, but he's got the draft capital. 
you know, the one thing I will say about this running back class, even with all the running backs we've already taken off the board, it's deep. There's still multiple yeah. guys I'm willing to take here. So I'm willing to take a couple wide receivers who realistically should probably last a little bit longer in the NFL and start snagging some of these wide uh, running backs in the third round. So give me Hyatt because of draft capital and some talent. Fair enough. I'm going to take Zay Flowers here. Uh, we had him drafted 35th overall, so very top of the uh, third or second round. He went to the Chicago Bears. This was pre-DJ Moore trade, so maybe they don't take a wide receiver here. But even if they do, I think Zay Flowers is good. I think Zay Flowers can fill the – for Justin Fields, can fill that Alave role if I'm comparing uh, uh, Garrett, uh, DJ Moore to that Garrett Wilson role. And again, totally different offenses. So, uh, you know, I'm just more comparing it to field, the, what Fields did in college. But I think Zay Flowers can be the flanker you can use him in a lot of different ways and you can send him down the field and he can win over the top. Defenses are going to have to respect him over the top as well. Um, but they're also going to have to respect Justin Fields legs. So it's kind of a pick your poison thing. So he's going to have some big games, I think, um, especially with, with the bears, the volume will be the, the big concern, the passing volume. But uh, at this point, again, draft capital talent, I think he'll fit well with fields. I think fields will like him. So give me flowers. Yeah, I like that. Um, I like that pick. A little bit of a crowded room now too, with DJ yeah. Moore coming over, but still, it's a, a good spot, I think. Uh, so at two nine, what did I do in the first round? I went Will Levis. I'm gonna take Cedric Tillman. Um, I like the player. I don't mind the landing spot in Seattle. Tyler Lockett, one year left on his contract. Surprisingly, although I think I do think they'll eventually re or sign him to a longer term deal. DK Metcalf only has two years left on his as well. Yeah. So Cedric Tillman could be the future of this wide receiver core. I think a really good player. Uh, so I'll take Tillman. Decent draft cap as well. We have, as I mentioned, Seahawks uh, uh, with a 52nd pick. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, oh man, this is where it kind of gets tough here. I, I'm going to... I'll take Rakeem Jarrett here. Now, Rakeem Jarrett was not a guy that we took in uh, took in this mock draft. He did not go in the first two rounds. There was only one other wide receiver who went. Don't really love the landing spot for him. Um, so I'm going to take Rakeem Jarrett. I'm going to kind of bet on his talent, his athleticism. I think it's going to get him drafted probably in the third round, I think is, is a good spot for him. Um, you know, he is a guy that was a top recruit and maybe just couldn't get unlocked in college and maybe he'll be able to do it in the pros. Um, you know, I, I think he has the highest ceiling of the wide receivers left. So I'm going to take, uh, take Rakeem Jarrett here. So this I think is going to be a little bit of a reach, but he's one of my favorite players in this class. I think Tajay Spears might get drafted higher than him. Mm. I think Tank Bigsby is probably should be in this conversation at this point, even though he might only be a two down guy. I love Chase Brown. I think he's okay. a really talented running back. Uh, you don't put up that kind of yards. I know he's from Canada and we've never seen these Canadians really succeed in the NFL. I don't care. <laughs> you don't see the kind of yards and, uh, receiving and rushing that he put up this year at Illinois being the only member of that, like the only player to look out for on that offense and be that good. 
I think he has a chance to be really special in the NFL. He tested really fast. You go look at his athletic comps on our website, and it's ridiculous the players in that grouping. I can't remember them off the top of my head, but it's like high-end players. I think he, and with everything he knew, I know he had a bad senior bowl, but the tape tells me something different, and the seasons tell me something different. I don't care they had a bad week in Mobile. Probably is not going to get drafted till round four, though, I would think. I, I don't know that he gets day two draft capital, but he's a guy I'm willing to bet on at the end of the second or in the third rounds because I just think, as you mentioned, running back's only one injury away, and I think he's the kind of guy that comes on as like a James Robinson because I think he's got good vision as well, who all of a sudden gets his shot and then doesn't let it go because he's that talented. Yeah. Uh, I have the... I, I don't fault you for that pick at all. I think this group of running backs that are left are all very tightly knit. Um, like you said, I think Tajay Spears will go before this. Tajay Spears will probably go in like the middle of the second round with, I've seen a lot of his fans out there. Um, the other players that were taken in this mock um, in the two round NFL mock that we did, Hendon Hooker pick 50 to the bucks. I'm not going to take him here. Luke Musgrave, pick 51 to the Dolphins. I'm not going to take him here. Dalton Kincaid to the Bengals at pick 60. I would consider this, but I think the Bengals already have a loaded like receiving group. They do need a tight end, but they have uh, Higgins and Chase and even Boyd, who I think will all eat before Kincaid. So I like the real-life landing spot. Don't love it for fantasy. And then the last guy was Nathaniel Dell, wide receiver, taken to the Eagles at pick 62. I don't love that landing spot for him. I think that that is going to be A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, Dallas Goddard show, and he would just kind of fall through the cracks and not really get a lot of volume. So I'm going to take Tank Bigsby here. Uh, he's a guy who, you know, last year at this time, you could not have possibly imagined him being at the, or available at the 212. He disappointed last year. He did catch a lot of passes, though, so I think that bodes well for his three-down skill set. Uh, I have some questions about, you know, his... He didn't look great as a runner in between the tackles, um, so I don't know exactly how he's going to fit in here, but I, he had good talent. Maybe this ends up being kind of like a Cam Akers-type situation where the team and the offensive line were so bad that, you know, his skill got overshadowed a bit and wasn't he wasn't really allowed to shine so that's kind of what i'm hoping for here but as a as a wise man once said hope is the uh killer of dynasties so i'll take uh i'll take bigsby here but i was gonna say whoever said smart man I should I shouldn't have credited Ray. I should just taken all the credit. Like I, I just came up with it one day. I don't know. Yeah, it's I don't came know. to me. Came to me in a dream, fever dream. I don't know what happened? Uh, all right, so that is the end of the mock. Here we'll run through all of the picks quick, and then uh, then we'll get out of here. Uh, so one hundred and one, Anthony Richardson. One hundred and two, Bijan Robinson. One hundred and three, Bryce Young. One hundred and four, CJ Stroud. One hundred and five, JSN. One hundred and six, Jameer Gibbs. One hundred and seven, Jordan Addison. One hundred and eight, Quentin Johnston. One hundred and nine, uh, Will Levis. One hundred and ten, Zach Evans. One hundred and eleven, Josh Downs. One twelve, Zach Charbonnet to wrap up the first. Then start the second. We have two hundred one, Devin Achain. 202, Keishon Butte, 203, Michael Mayer, 204, Kendry Miller, 205, Darnell Washington, 206, Izzy Abanaconda, 
207, Jalen Hyatt, 208, Zay Flowers, 209, uh, Cedric Tillman, 210, Rakeem Jarrett, 211, Chase Brown, and 212, Tank Bigsby. Um, I think that's probably going to look uh, look a lot like what we're going to see rookie drafts looking like. You Maybe you see a couple guys sneak in here like Spears. Um, maybe Tank Dell if he gets that type of draft capital. But overall, I think this is this is pretty accurate. I agree. Chase Brown won't go in the top two rounds, but I'm okay with that. I just yeah. wanted to. That's fair. Um, all right. Well, that's going to do it for us here tonight. Matt, thank you again for keeping me company tonight on this uh, on this Thursday night here, late at night. Absolutely. Glad to be uh, here. I will be back on Monday with another episode of Campus Life. Uh, Matt will be back on Wednesday with Debbie Debate. Um, as far as I know, I haven't been fired yet. We'll see. As far as he knows, uh, check out the uh, camp uh, spring spring practice news. You'll be back with the, with that throughout the week here. That has been good always. Yeah, that is that's been there's been a lot of good nuggets on there. So check that out on the YouTube channel. But until next time, I'm Colin, and this is Matt, and have a good one.